Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis podcast. In this episode, episode 61, we're covering chapters 7 and 8 from part 2 Exile of book 3 Imago of the Xenogenesis trilogy by Octavia E. Butler. I am Richard Acton and I'm joined in the warm and sweaty environs of this jungle, <laughs> as usual, by my co-host. Michael Glinka. Hi everyone. To be fair, I want to... I was just thinking like, oh, it'd be nice and, you know, like to go to the tropics. But I thought I probably would survive one day. And then after this would be like, nope, I want to go back to the nice, peaceful and dry Scotland. Or rather, not not dry. What I'm talking about, it rains pretty much 80% of the year in here. <laughs> but still, pretty moderate te- uh, uh, climate, I would say. Scotland. Yeah, like uh, 40 degrees and like 80 plus humidity is... Uh... <laughs> That's uh, yeah, not not really uh, great weather for for doing much other yeah, than sweating. You don't know whether it's the sweat or is it the just moisture in the uh, collecting on you. It's just all of it Accumula- accumulation mm-hmm. of everything. Love it. <laughs> so, um, should we uh, jump straight into your predictions for chapter? Sure, seven? absolutely. So, chapter seven prediction. Ah, uh, <laughs> I was mind blown by the fact that I mean to be fair no I was mind blown by the fact that there were still fertile humans that went undetected from Don Cali, mm. right? The actually pure humans. That the you know the fact that there was somebody who survived um you know the whole war and then they managed to you know generate uh, you know live there in generations to uh to make uh children. Um mm. and obviously that's a piece of a pie that Neither Jodas or Don Kali would be able to pass on, right? So it's 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 a big it's a big thing, and I and obviously I thought that this will lead to a big like issue. This mm-hmm. is more of a like long term prediction um, that the fact that you no know, like oh there's a whole village of humans. What do we do? Like what do you do to protect one? You know Jodas obviously he needs wants to pair up with someone, otherwise he will. It will go to. It will be sent to the ship, and two, mm. if it is revealed, those humans will not be left alone. Like it, it's going to be a mayhem, and it's going to be either Mars or mixed with Don Kali options, right? Yeah. Um So yeah, I thought that you know, for the long term prediction, that that's what's going to be happen. Like this whole conundrum, what to do? Um, in terms of the chapter seven, I thought that um, well, obviously. Jodas will not be able to maintain hiding from them for too long. It, it it's just it's too tempting to leave two pure, I would say, humans untouched, mm. and it it will need to contact them because otherwise, you know, Onkai will eventually find them out. So it's 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 a matter of time. It needs to make the steps. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, was uh, borne out, right? Uh, it it uh, didn't stay away from them for long. <laughs> no, I mean, it didn't stay, stay far away from them in the first place. So, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a matter of... Uh, uh, persp- yeah, it was just a matter of time. Um, but yeah, it, it was just... Uh, it, it's pretty crazy that the fact... I mean, to be fair, uh, hiding the mountains is usually where... It, humans probably would survive somewhere deep in mountains and so hidden forests with some i don't know like but if any apocalypse took place on earth at the moment but i don't know like it's it just sounds uh 
uh, it just sounds plausible in my uh, for me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the sort of you know isolated village in in the high mountains that's kind of evaded the uh, the Oankali for a little while. Yeah, makes sense. Um, although they do, I suppose, have orbital information, so they might have spotted it from space if it was. Uh, if there was, like, I mean, subs- depends on how I you. Mean, a small the- village, probably not. But yeah, because yeah, I was thinking, like, you know, if it was a city, right? Obviously, at night mm. and, and from the uh, outer space, you could probably see the lights, right? Mm. I mean, in the absence of substantial other lights, then a few. Uh, a few large fires would probably be enough to light yeah, you up. Yeah, but I just thought I don't. I th- mm, would they? I mean, like a, a forest fire, maybe, but not. Uh, I mean, depends on how high are we talking about, like what uh, what altitude we're talking about here. But uh, I, Don Cali don't use even like don't really have like this uh, like scanning systems. In any I mean, form? we yeah, we don't know if there's any orbital surveillance going on right we know they have the ships yeah we don't know if they have any satellites right and the main ship is like out by the moon so that's <laughs> i just know, imagine a like, way off but i just imagine their satellites would be like this giant eyeball just staring non-stop <laughs> and just like you know just a few of the onkali that the caterpillar like onkali just walking around like you know attached to its surface just cleaning it making sure it's yeah. moisturized <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Oankali satellite would be like probably just a special species of Oankali, right? Mm. <laughs> That's just like floating around there in space, looking down and uh, uh, relaying what it finds. So, yeah. Show we, we me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Let's get to the chapter seven summary. <laughs> sure. So, as Thomas and Jesusa were trying to make their way back home, hoping that they lost Jodas. Our boy Uloi kept following them. <laughs> As uh, Jodas followed them, it's thought wound around what may happen if Don Kali find, would find about the human village and whether Jodas would be allowed to mate with Jesus and Thomas. After four days of, you know, basically stalking, Jodas couldn't take it anymore. It had to join them. The siblings didn't catch any fish that night, so Jodas collected some food and wove a basket um, to... Um, Bring them as an offering. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more of the like stalkery behavior, right? Just sort of, you know, an anonymous surprise, unsolicited gift, just you know, showing mm. up. <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Don't use the don't don't use as a means of uh, trying of uh, looking at behavior, how to date someone. It's really not good yeah, behavior. No. Um, but yeah, Jesusa was asleep while Thomas was lying awake, although. Uh, due to his condition, could not see Jodas until the Ola was basically beside him. Um, initially, Thomas didn't recognize Jodas because he was not a, a scaly humanoid pangolin anymore, um, but looked more like Thomas himself without all the tumors. The moment Jodas said its name, Thomas was not afraid anymore and asked if Jodas will heal him. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> I think we commented at the end of the last one that it would be uh, a bit weird now that you know, uh, Jonas is no longer a you know, pangolin with a face. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. And now it literally he it literally looks like Thomas without the, yeah. you know, it's like, mm, not good. Um, yeah, as, as if the, the kind of weird creepiness wasn't 
uh, weird uh, enough. Yeah. Now <laughs> we've got a uh, you know yourself waking yourself up in the middle of the night. Which, oh uh, god, okay. that's just like basically paralysis um, uh, nightmares. You know, like when you wake up and you can't move. Basically, just that's that's how I mm-hmm. imagine it going. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, uh, so Thomas was not afraid and I asked if Jealous will heal him. I will, I said, completely. He closed his eye, trusting himself to me in a way that made it hard for me to withdraw from him and turn to attend to Jesusa. But just as Jealous turned around, the only thing it saw was Jesusa, Jesusa pointing a gun towards him. Just as Jealous said its name, the gun shot and the bullet pierced uh, one of its hearts. It tried everything it could to prevent stinging Jesus in self-defense, so it grabbed the gun she was holding and destroyed it, basically just lobbing it across the, the you know, the, the clearing they were sleeping and mm. completely breaking the pieces. Um, it then grabbed her and held her until she calmed down, or rather, she calmed down when she saw that any damage she was doing while she was biting it uh, was almost instantly healed. She then realized that Jodas mm. was also trying to heal its heart. Although I, all I could heal, it couldn't cut off the pain, so it must have been pretty painful for it uh, to deal with while trying to restrain her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're uh, pretty scarily capable, right? You, you kind of... Um, because we get this from mostly Jordas's perspective, it doesn't feel quite as uh, like supernaturally scary, right? Yeah. But from the outside view, this would be, you know... you. You shot this guy through the chest. He grabs your gun, throws it so hard against the tree that it splits into pieces, and it's still like holding on to you and restraining you. Uh, yeah, this is this is a scary opponent. You bite it, and it's just basically healing itself as you literally yeah. do it, it's and it's like mm. regenerating on the fly. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> this a is a very uh, intimidating su- adversary. Supernaturally uh, strong, supernaturally healing. Uh, being that was basically stalking you all this time. Yep. That basically wants to bang with you. I mean, hmm. Mm. That sounds creepy as hell and horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, it, it the the sort of um like horror aspects of um, yeah. uh, these books are actually like they're, they're fairly strong, but you don't really. Uh, feel them that much because for the most part your perspective is in the people who are being horrifying rather than being horrified yes yes <laughs> so it's, uh... I, I, honestly doing this you know what we're doing in this podcast going it by you know every chapter so a few chapters uh, every episode when i read it like and i have to think i was like yeah that's hor- horrifying as fuck like i would mm. not wish to be in the position uh, that you know, some of the characters have then encountered Don Kali to be like, be like, it's just scary as hell. Yeah, yeah, or, uh, yeah, no joke. <clears throat> so yeah, Jesus, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Jesus has kind of you know, given up because this apparently a man is clearly not. <laughs> No, it's, it's like not giving up and it's not going to uh, let go of her. So yeah, Jesusa asked about Thomas, why wasn't he waking up? So Jealous told her that the man was drugged uh, so that it could heal him. She shouted that she didn't, you know, they don't need Jealous' healing. But now she was under Jealous' effect, right? The Uloi's pheromones were started working their magic and it seems that she was starting having issues resisting it. Jesusa's need to hurt Jealous was dramatically being reduced. Um... 
here's a mm. bit from the book. We truly don't want your healing, she repeated. Though, I'm sorry I shot you. She sat still, looking down at me. You look like Thomas, you know? You look the way he should look. You could be our brother or perhaps our sister. Yeah. Jodas was neither, but it's creepy as hell nonetheless. Yeah, I like the, the turnaround is also like scarily fast, right? You, you go from you know, trying to kill this guy to... Oh, I'm uh, really sorry. You know, sorry, I shot you. <laughs> yeah. And you look like my brother. That's the thing. Like, I think that the way that Jodas looked like her brother uh, or sister, that the familiarity plus the pheromones were just... It's already a deadly combo to um, that was affecting the you know the, the perspective you know the mm-hmm. yeah it, not the fun not not to be a, not a fun position to be um the Uloi asked why did they turn did they run away and of course it was about the fertile village the humans didn't want to be found and so the siblings had to escape to prevent others being coll- uh, located by don kali um Jada said it knew but not because it immediately found out found it after the touch uh, touching them but because it was stalking the siblings and obviously, that outrage has us. I mean, Jodas tried to explain it that it needed to find out more about them because it was the first time for it to discover pure humans with such a genetic defect. It had been more than uh, than a century, in fact. Um, but I mean, I mean, yeah. yeah there's the there was a quote here from from uh, Jodas. Like, when you know us better, you may understand that it was as though you were dragging me by several ropes. The question wasn't whether I would follow you, but how long I could follow you before I joined you again. Which, again, with the, the sort of you know, creep factor is... Wheel, wheel, wheel! Police is already calling, riding you know, towards him, just like, yep. One-on-one no, uh, stalking it, behavior. Uh, but uh, you, you're, you know, when, you're, when you're in like Jordas's head, though, it has, uh, you know, that it's, it's compelling for it, right? It, it has all of these questions that it needs to answer. It has all of these needs that it needs to fulfill. So it's like, you know, ob- obviously this is the thing that I need to do. <laughs> like, I mean, yes, from Jordas' perspective, it's like, it, it can resist it, right? Because one, mm. it's an Uloi, I mean, it's an Onkali, so it has this, like, need to understand the genetical differences of what's happening to those siblings and to it's an uloi meaning that also it wants to make a family and it's a first construct it's like the all perspective so far makes sense from jada's perspective but from mm. an outsider yeah terrifying fucking scary so yeah so Jesus asked what will jada's do now what's its plan what is its plan it wanted to talk to the siblings, but first start with Jesusa. Initially, the conversation straight onto the body tentacles and the fact that Jodas had so little, whereas the Onkali had so many more. Jodas pulled uh, Jesusa closer to it and the sexual tension started rising. And here's the, a bit of a spicy uh, uh, part from the paragraph from the book. I put her head on my shoulder so I could reach her with both head and body tentacles. She let me position her, then lay relaxed and alert against me. I eased her weariness, but did not let her become drowsy. She was younger than I had thought. She had never had a mate in the human way. Now she would never uh, would. I felt as though I could absorb her into myself, and yet she seemed too far away. If I could just bring her closer, touch her with more sensory tentacles, touch her with, with what I did not yet possess... I will skip the rest for people if mm. you uh, know of this era enjoy to enjoy this arousing section for themselves you will, if you you know read the chapter uh, but after a bit of a physical 
touch and teasing uh, when Jodas retracted himself from her against her desires. It promised that there is more coming in future. I mean, let's have a st- stop it here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she was younger than I had thought. Hmm. <clears throat> I mean, in the, from yeah. the modern um, uh, person's perspective, uh, yeah, that's basically you're immediately going to jail, Jodas. There's no, uh, uh, there's no buts. The, straight to jail. Um, I mean, I suppose it depends exactly how old she actually is yes. and how old um, uh, Jodas is. What old? How old is Jodas at this point? I think um, more than 20, 20 something. I think more than 20, yeah. So it, it, I think it's in its 20s. Although technically still not sexually mature, which is also kind of weird. Weird in this context. Yeah. yeah. So. But uh, yeah. if she's younger than she, he had thought, like, um, it's still, like, I mean, okay, so. Obviously, historically, if you look at if we look at the history, right? Obviously, uh, women from very young ages. I'm talking about you know medieval times. Obviously, the mm-hmm. younger they were, like you know, we're talking about 14. The first when the moment started, the first periods they were considered you know mature enough to have children, mm-hmm. right? And to be I don't know if they're like from a noble families, they were you know given off to a, a noble who would to to strengthen out the bonds between the families and type of thing but how many of them survived not that many because they were too young still not developed um they, you know to, to hold you know to survive the pregnancy so obviously but nowadays we know that we know that, that this you know it takes a time for both physical and mental development so that's why we have the minimum ages of you know like in UK it's 16 for consent and becoming now 18 so I hope, at, if at least from this perspective, that she's not younger than that. Yeah, I don't know. Although, I think there are other complicating factors yes. here than just, than just the just the age of consent in this context. Because I, yeah, I, I don't even know that consent is particularly meaningful here because uh, well, of the whole. Yeah. Like, well, yes, that's the other thing. Well, <laughs> consent in this at this point is a quite a um, well. Yeah, and so this is the usual. Straight to jail. Octavia really likes to kind of uh, like uh, fuck with you on the moral complexities, right? Because you know, like the the person the person instigating this isn't even sexually mature yet, but is also older than the young person, and the younger person is like uh, surface level appearing to consent to this, but because she's been mind fucked with by all this like pheromone stuff, and this <laughs> is. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this whole situation is, is like, we definitely shouldn't be having to deal with this whole question. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nope. <laughs> Straight to jail. Straight to jail, basically. Uh, yeah. But yes. So, the original converse- conversation had to take place finally. So, the fact that the humans from her village were tormenting themselves, whereas they could live on Mars, probably acclimatized faster because of their original high altitude li- uh, uh, living. They couldn't stay on Earth, but they could go to Mars. Uh, but before that, they would have to be healed from their from their genetical defects to ensure that the children on Mar- born on Mars are healthy. But what about them, Jesus and Thomas? Jesus wanted them to stay with it, even though they were siblings, even though they were not married, because obviously Onkali don't believe in such constructs as marriage. It's purely biological for them. Jesus was horrified that Jesus could suggest to have children with her own brother, but there were two facts that could not couldn't be beaten according to Jodas. One, the village was already inbreeding so much that everyone was basically related and that's what where the genetical defects originated from. 
And two, mm -hmm. the fact that they were related was actually an advantage because of the compatibility between their tissue is so high that if anything happened to one of them, Jodas can use the tissue from the other to heal them, to heal the other. Okay, right. Yes, I mean, the reasoning is sound-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure that helps. <laughs> yeah, it's just um, on Kali and their... Uh, attitude to uh, a relationship. I mean, to be fair, in non-Kali families, it's, uh, you know, the Ulo is the stranger, whereas the uh, the parents are usually, you know, brother mm. and sister. So, for yes, Jodas' yeah. perspective, it's like, well, it doesn't matter, right? It's, you know... Yeah, so that's the the, the normal um, the normal situation from Jodas's perspective, right? But not yeah. so much from the humans, right? Yeah, this can been kind of a slow boil on the whole like actual human brother sister incest uh, throughout this story, right? We worked up to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know it's, it was okay for the aliens, and now we have some some caveats, right? That you know the the population that these two come through have already been you know doing it of somewhat of their own accord for a few generations out of necessity and it's it's happening with an uh, you know a, a new loy uh, it's, uh, so it's not you know them actually physically doing it it's yeah. with an intermediary <laughs> so it's... exactly exactly but nonetheless <laughs> it sounds fucking weird sweet home alabama mm -hmm. is not a way to live but anyway the village gene, village, uh, village's gene pool is too small, right? It was too small. And they just couldn't be left alone because sooner or later, like, they will develop some defect that will lead to a disease basically wiping them all out. So, and Jodas mentioned that the Mars is only possible thanks to his brother. Uh, it seemed that, mm. that, that for Jesusa, siblings are an important thing and it slightly moved the conversation into Jodas' favor. Uh, the Uloi couldn't let them go. It was desperate to keep mm. them because it knew that the Onkali would not allow it to find human mates on the ship, but they would definitely not take away mates it made on its own. So, you know, Jodas said another incentive to make sure that they, you know, that its uh, charms, <clears throat> if you can call it that, work on them. Hazusa mm. knew that her people will fight, but that's nothing for the Onkali. They'll be gassed and apprehended. I mean, oh my... <laughs> I mean, I I wrote those notes, but it generally said mm. what it, this is what the book said. It was that be like, yeah, they'll be gassed and then you know caught. And I'm like, okay, yep, yeah. As you know, as, as soon as any of them found out about the existence of vill of the village, they were just you know, will you know knock out gas the whole lot and take you know, uh, hike them off to Mars or uh, well, give them the choice. Right, they get the you can That's go to Mars. That's not really a choice you can... if you gas. Someone. <laughs> yeah. But you know they, they gas everyone, and they say you've got the choice of Mars or sterility on Earth, right? That's the <laughs> that's the degree of choice that you get. Yeah. Oof. Uh, the yeah. fact that there there are humans out there, the Onkali will find them eventually. Jodas could tell mm. that briefly. Hesusa thought that if she killed it now, no one would ever find out. So Jodas did what it had to do and broke the Onkali promise of not telling anyone the fate of Earth. Um, Jodas started with telling her that everyone will die and shouted to her when she tried to reject the notion. It then explained what will happen to the planet Earth, that it will be stripped naked, leaving only the core for mining, but that's it. It won't be habitable anymore. The options were, would be Mars or ships. That shook Jesusa, so Jodas left her alone of her thoughts and went to get some firewood. Uh, 
the man is do- yeah. like the 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 boy is doing just everything proper in, in the correct way, right? Like stalking, and not so consent sort of uh, raising of te- sexual tension, and maybe the, even you can't even we use the word consent at this point. And then it's like, yeah, you know, actually you have a choice: die here or die uh, on Mars. Like, it, yeah, cool, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, yep. And then just leaving um, go, like, you know, just like, yeah, I'm gonna get some firewood. Like, it's, I've dropped this heavy ton, like, uh, you know, sack of bricks on her. She'll be fine. Yeah. So, like, even if your people survive the problem with your, like, minimum viable population, then, you know, the Earth's been being stripped to a bare rock, so there's nothing for them to survive for. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that with you. <laughs> Good luck digesting that. Would you like some minty to help with the indigestion afterwards? Um, but yeah, Hesus didn't know what to think. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Unsurprising. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. She told Jodas that the trip was to keep Thomas alive. He tried to commit suicide because he couldn't bear living with the, it's you know, his genetical defect. You know, um, the whole. D- his body's deterioration, you know, and the fact that you know it would pass the, the the it to to <laughs> to its children, right? So, mm-hmm. um, they masked the attempt uh, by saying it was an accident because otherwise the village people would just just have locked him up. So you know, Jesus realized that they mm-hmm. can't go back now. Even they can't even go back now, because if they did, the village would know that they were the cause of Don Kali finding out by, about them. And the chapter ends here with Jodas pulling towards her, uh, her towards it, and making her lie down together with it. Uh, you know, Thomas and Thomas for a full connection for to start healing to to let her mm-hmm. sleep. Basically, you know, let the mind drift away from all those things that just happened, literally, like in the last hours. Yeah, and 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 we, that last little bit there, we get that things are not really an awful lot better for them if they go back to the village yeah <laughs> because it seems like you know tomas is probably gonna commit suicide as soon as he gets jesusa back to the village because he doesn't want anything to do with this yeah and his alternative is being coerced into and um, breeding in, in an incestuous environment by the people in his village as well yeah uh, so it's like the the choice exact is for for the human side is not exactly much better than the Ohangali side it's like, it's, it's crazy this is like uh, basically it, it's it's a, both of them have are in a situation that there is literally no good exit out of it right there's one side, Jodak's basically like full on raging boner type of thing that just can't let them go. And then two, if they go to the village, they already have been found out there's a human village that hadn't been affected by Donkali, that can a fertile village. Like if any of the resistors found out about that, like can you imagine what will happen? Like if Donkali are like one step too late. The resistor mm-hmm. would basically raid the village, take all the women, rape everyone, and then basically, you know, because that's the only way to survive. But then again, I wonder if the men, resistor villages, villages, men will be fertile anyway. So that's that's the other thing. But yeah, I, that doesn't seem likely to matter to them. <laughs> mm. That's the situation. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're yeah. in a ton of 
basically they're in big trouble and there's no really good yeah. you know so between a rock and a hard place doesn't really cut it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's so the, the the classic um you know i think we've come to expect this from from uh, octavia is oh that, yeah you know no, nobody has a choice where like there is a good choice and a bad choice it's always there's there a is a lesser, bad choice yeah, and there is a even worse arguably one. worse choice yeah. but you know it's kind of a toss-up <laughs> yeah yeah you can't apply mm-hmm. witcher's uh you know gerald witcher uh, uh you know uh, morality here like between lesser evil and great evil i choose none because there's literally no other choice here boy you have to choose one yep yep that's uh yeah I don't, he would not cope well <laughs> <laughs> Not in this universe. No. So yeah, let's get to chapter 8 prediction then, I guess. Sure. So, obviously, I thought, okay, at this point, yeah, as you said, there's no really choice. So, Jodas Thomas and Hisusa will not go back to their to the human village. It has They have to go back to Nikanj and, you know, Jodas' family. Because hmm. any other choice is just equally bad. So yeah, it, it seems like their probability of survival, at, at any rate, is like worse if they go back to their village than yeah. if they stick with Jordas. Plus, I know Jordas, you know, smells sexy. <laughs> that's, that's about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, uh, yeah. Oh god, not great. A sexy smelling pangolin. Well, it's not a pangolin anymore. I know, was, I know, but like, just... which is. <laughs> But still, that image came to my mind. Yeah. Uh, dear. Well then, chapter 8. Let's start it. Um, so by the next morning, most of the tumors on Hesus' body disappeared. And the ones on Thomas's looked so much better. They couldn't believe the change of their body. In the happiness, Hesus accused Jodas, whereas Thomas conflicted. Although, wanting to do it didn't make any move. So Jodas did it for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I suppose that's the other upside, right? They get healed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Thomas joked that the regeneration uh, caused his beard to start growing, but it always looked like a five-year-old trying to shear an alpaca, you know, the patches of the beard. I get mm. you, man. But Jodas was promised him that once he's healed, his beard will be normal as well. Oh, I smiled. I think your beard will grow more evenly when I finish with you, I said. Do you think you'll ever do that? He asked. Finish with us? My free head and body tentacles tighten flat to my skin with pleasurable sexual tension. No, I said softly. I don't think so. <clears throat> yeah, upside. Symmetrical facial hair. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Jodas spent the rest of the day with his sister and Thomas talking about what was discussed the night before. Then they lay to sleep uh, together again, and the following day they started the journey back to Jodas' family camp. It seems that Thomas wasn't really concerned about the death of the planet. It will happen long after it's his death, and they can't do anything to prevent it anyway. Which is pretty much yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So it reminds me of a, a little anecdote I heard about um, uh, someone in a lecture theater about sort of like how long it would take the sun to explode. Uh-huh. And you know, this guy was like, uh, you know, twitched and stuck his hand up after you know, someone met like, you, Sorry, did you say five million years? Like, no, no, five billion. Oh, okay, fine. Does that really make much difference to you personally? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard something. I, I don't know where I hear this from uh, or read somewhere that apparently in the 
Japanese parliament, it's like when someone was visiting, uh, or some, so there's something conversation about like the whole, you know, mm. solar system, you know, sun ex- exploding type of thing, not to be mentioned parliament or Japanese parliament because it can affect the stock uh, in Japan. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, like, just just thinking about the this if whole. If the stock market's based on this, then what, <laughs> what, 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 what does any of it mean? How long do how long term do you have your plans? Like, wow, <laughs> I am ten million years ahead of you in my steps. Like, you haven't even thought about what will happen to your grandchildren. I already know what will happen to the rest of the universe. I'm like, wow, son. <laughs> I mean, become a chess player at this point, and he was like, before you make a step, you know, you already won like the 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 chess uh, competition with the you know the rest of the universe. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah I don't that, know if it, yeah, I, that's uh, it's just <laughs> inspires confidence in the financial system. <laughs> yes. So yeah, Jodas kept asking them if they will stay with it, as if, you know, and if they do, they will certainly live past the time of separation, meaning the past stripping of Earth from all the uh, biomass. It's like, oh, wow. Uh, okay, uh, I'm keeping up my pros and cons list here. <laughs> <laughs> so Jodas, like, Thomas like, was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'll, you know, I won't be there. And Jodas was like, yeah, actually, yeah, you will. You will. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I suppose the the choice between like the bad and worse is looking a little bit more like <laughs> asymmetrical in favor of like go with the Onkali. Yeah. But, you know, it has this whole like Faustian bargain feel to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So the chapter ends with the description of their journey and how Jodas was slowly healing everything in their bodies, especially Thomas's. His tumors vanished and the sight of his eye returned. He couldn't believe how beautiful he was, which earned him a handful of mud thrown at him. But he literally said that, and that's why, you know, he was like, how, how stop being, you know, a narcissist. On the morning of the eighth day, Jodas was more tired than usual and realized too late that the flesh under its armpit was uh, itching more than usual. It was beginning its second metamorphosis. And that's where the chapter ends. Yep. <laughs> And, uh, as always, the timing of those metamorphoses. Oh, honestly, Octavia, stop. Like, literally, just... Oh, the life is good. No, I mean, good. Depending how you look at it. But in general, it was like, you know, they were just traveling. All good and everything. Yeah, just add everything to the mix. Because, like, it's too peaceful. It's like, at least convenient timing possible is always the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah, you're good for the dramatic tension and whatnot. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I was thinking throughout this whole section with the, the, the there's a bit of a parallel to be drawn between the the Uloi and uh, vampires. <laughs> Go on. Right. So they have this whole like creepy compulsion to you know stalk humans, and you know they come and they take stuff from you. Like in, in this case, it's kind of your genetics, and they they, kind of, they want to do this trade. But you know, vampires, it's blood. You know, this, you know genetics, blood. They have a you know, connection, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got you know, the. Uh, they can turn you right they make you into an Ankali kind of yes um, and then there's this like inexplicable kind of weirdly compelling bewitching component to them despite you know major red flags and other warning signs <laughs> you know, in the case of vampires it's more like you know sociopathic charm kind of deal yes uh, you know the the dangerous man sort of vibe but the uh the, the Ankali it's a bit you know they they're not 
uh, the like weird amorphous tentacle monsters or or giant pangolins and stuff. So like you, you need a bit more than the 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 charm. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's it's you know everybody's kings. You know, still just because there are only a few humans, like kings never disappear. You know, who knows? Maybe someone is into giant pangolins with human face thing. Like, <laughs> yep. Uh, and of course, you know, vampires, weird sex stuff. Oh, and Carly, weird sex stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think this, the whole sex thing is the, probably the biggest factor that affects the whole situation. I mean, other, other, other things are just, you know, just, you know, it's always about sex. Yeah. As a m- most of the, you know, if we go down that pros and cons list we're talking about, um, the, you're immortal. You, you, well, not quite. You know, you, you live a long time, right? You'd survive the, you know, strip mining of the earth. Right? You get all your, your, you know, cancer and weird stuff cured. You get some, you know, moderate, like super able abilities from, you know, super immune system to mm. moderate super strength and all the rest of it. Uh, but then, like, you know, the 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 caveat is is the weird sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Who knew? Who knew that this these books are gonna be like this, eh? Just basically secret just like, you know, this is uh secretly fifty shades of <laughs> I mean I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, you knew and like this is what I got into myself into, just reading an alien mm. version of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, um it, it, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Who said I don't love it? Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the whole kind of um, I, don't know, I enjoy a bit of like um, you know, fun hypothetical ethical philosophy type stuff, and this this book was always just like you know mm. deeply entwined with really weirdly complicated <laughs> scenarios yeah. of that kind. No, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I enjoy playing around with as a you know, mental exercise. Uh, uh. Yeah. So I guess let's get to my chapter nine prediction here, because obviously this is mm-hmm. a point where, um, as we mentioned, Octavia is just obviously throwing logs under their feet. Like it's just, you know, Jodas in second metamorphosis should have seen it coming, knowing very well the, that lady, you know, not only metamorphosis will be thrown there, but the, I bet there's going to be some gun crazy resistors and who knows, Godzilla coming out of the sea and just, you know, like being pissed off about the whole radioactivity and I don't know, but basically there's enough nasty things coming towards them that basically they will have to deal with because it's just too peaceful. I mean, like, last time it was, what, you know, Gabe messing with the Keen's metamorphosis and, um, you know, then, like, the resistance showing up and lighting the house on fire Basically. during that whole process. Yep. And then, you know, them being chased through a forest in a gunfight. <laughs> so, yeah, like, that went well last time. Yep. So here we again, we can have, like, probably the whole forest would be on fire and just, you know, resist just running around, chasing people. Who knows? Just all nasty stuff are yep. just coming, coming towards them. Mm, yep. All kinds of uh, all kinds of chaos to ensue during this metamorphosis. Okay, yeah, <laughs> let's see. But yeah, um, is there anything else? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Really, I mean, the um, I suppose there's just on the the sort of general style. You know, we've been continuing this kind of relatively close first person on uh, um, 
Jordas, right? Uh, we have a little bit of, as we've kind of commented and alluded to earlier, sort of unreliable narrator effect of getting things from Jordas's perspective, yeah. which means we don't necessarily like immediately perceive the sort of horrific nature of some aspects of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Until we, you know, take ourselves out of his perspective and go, oh, uh, mm, I'm not sure about that. Oh, yeah. His perspective. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, um, yeah, yeah, but quite dialogue heavy. We get a lot of lot of dialogue. Yeah, there's uh, a lot in of these sections. Yeah, there's a lot of explanation of the situations and you know like um but yeah the, the whole first person perspective really sort of uh, initially when you don't think about it like oh yeah, yeah i get to get it but then you when you sit down think of like yeah you're what the hell is wrong with you type of situation yeah so one of the other reasons i quite like this as a as a uh a book to do this kind of project and is that kind of reflection right because it uh know, if you speed read this and you don't pay attention to the exterior perspective, mm. then you can come away feeling kind of a lot more sympathetic towards the Orancali. Right? And uh, if you take it and reflect on it, then it becomes a much more complicated picture yeah. of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess that's it for today. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We're Xenothesis. You can find all the places we upload our podcast on xenothesis.com. I was Michael Glinka. And I was Richard Acton. Thank you and goodbye. goodbye.